0: On this week's episode of the Property Punks podcast, I am excited to say that it is packed full of value. Our guest, Emily, who runs a successful estate agency, gives us the best advice to sell your property quickly and for the most amount of money. She also gives us advice on first-time buyers, property investors, and everything in between. She even takes part in our Property Punks pub quiz. If you want to join us in the pub quiz, try it at home and see how your answers stack against Emily's. Hello, punks. Welcome to this episode of the Property Punks podcast. Today, I am joined by Emily, an estate agent who has been breaking the mold when it comes to selling property. Emily says goodbye to the stuffy traditional techniques and uses social media to sell your property Quicker and for the best market price. Emily, welcome to the podcast. Hello,
1: thanks for having me.
0: No, thank you so much for joining us. Now, at the moment, if you're selling your property, it seems like people are receiving offers well over the home reports and they've been selling so quickly. I don't want to paint the picture that being an estate agent is easy or is a bed of roses, but what I'm really curious about is what are the challenges you're facing during a hot market?
1: The difficulty with a hot market is stock. You know, there's just not enough houses to go around. We've got so many buyers sitting ready and waiting, but there just isn't enough property to sell. That's the real challenge with a hot market at the moment. You can sell your home for the best price you could ever imagine, but then when you go to buy something, there's nothing there for you or you're really up against it. So, you know, it's catch-22 with that one.
0: Yeah, and it's quite it's quite challenging when that happens because we have it the same where people are calling us up and saying, can you put us on a list? Can you let us know when something new comes up? But you can't dictate when something new comes to market. It's just as and when it happens.
1: Yeah, exactly, that's it. It's just a, it's just a waiting game, to be honest, if you're looking for something very specific or if you're looking for something more importantly within your price range, and there's only so much you can offer. You know, all these homes that are going for way over, a home report I'm seeing so many people offering on several of my properties but there's only so much you can give and there's only so much a home is worth to each person so it's challenging it's really challenging.
0: 100% and you know when you have I suppose what my question would be to you would be is like what do you think is making people sit on the fence if somebody's there who was maybe at the start of your thinking about selling their property but kind of is a bit apprehensive what are the sort of reasons, what's sort of going through their mindset to sort of create this stock shortage?
1: I think the biggest thing, it just goes round full circle. Everybody's thinking, I want to sell, I want to get the most money I can from my home. I know the market's really hot, but I want to find something first before I put the house on the market and get that wee bit of security knowing that I've got somewhere to go when my house sells because I know it's going to sell really quickly. But if everybody's doing that, then there's no houses actually going on the market and nobody's buying anything and then nobody in return is selling anything. So it just goes full circle.
0: Now, you're actually quite a unique estate agent because you've managed to harness the power of social media to really put yourself out there. What I'm curious about is where did you get the confidence to put yourself out there on social media?
1: It's hard. It's really hard. Back at the start, I really struggled with putting my face out there. I, I had I massively hid behind a logo for a good while before. I've always enjoyed, you know, presenting and social media. Um, I'm not personally. I was never big on social media myself, but I, I liked I like YouTube and things like that. And um, when I was younger, I was really into like radio um so I have a wee thing inside me that does enjoy it but see when you're actually going and putting your face out there and being really vulnerable and really open to to criticism or you know compliments but you just don't know which way it's gonna go but I think the best thing you can do is just do it that's and then when you do it you realize nobody's saying anything and anything that you do here is mostly positive positive. Um, so yeah, it does, it's, it's hard, it's not naturally easy, um, even though some people might make it look easy, it is, it is really daunting to start.
0: And can you think back to that key moment where you kind of almost took that leap of faith to go, you know what, I'm now going to be the face of of this. What was that key moment?
1: You know, I was sitting and it was a couple months into starting the business and, you know, wasn't really getting anywhere with the logos and, um, it just wasn't happening I thought what can I do that's a wee bit different and I started looking and I realised that there was no faces behind these logos and you know all the other companies um, you know the names but you don't know the people necessarily that run it and you know people buy from people and at the end of the day it's such a common phrase but it is so so true so I thought I'll maybe give it a bash and make things that a wee bit because I'm a personal independent agent I give a bespoke one-to-one service so knowing the person that you're going to be working with for about Eight weeks is, is really, really important. So I thought, I'll, I'll give that a bash. That's something that nobody else seems to, to be doing massively.
0: Yeah, I like I like how you said that, like, property is a people people business. I think sometimes we get kind of, you know, tied up in, like, the boilers and the bathroom refurbs and perhaps all the technical side of it. But ultimately, at the bottom of the end of the day, sorry, it, it is all about people, isn't it?
1: Oh, 100%. Like, people buy from people, somebody will use my service because they like not just what I give, you know, selling a home, a lot of agents, you know, we all do the same thing at the end of the day to a certain extent. We all sell the home, we all put it on right move, we all do this, we all do that. But if you don't like the person that's selling your home or the person that's selling your home or you just don't go on sometimes I meet clients and we just you know they they're just better suited to somebody else and that's okay. Um, But being able to get on with the person, it makes me motivated to work for them, and then it makes them excited. It's just, it's 100% a people's game, 100%.
0: And so, if you have the sort of dear, sweet old lady coming to you to sell their property, and then you might have the really, you know, strong-minded businessman, and then you've got the sort of new young couple, how do you, like, tailor your approach to those different people?
1: Yeah, that's the part of the job I really love the most, meeting the different types of people, you know, the elderly people that maybe sometimes need their hand held a wee bit more and need taken through the process because they've maybe not sold a home for, for years and years or maybe they've never sold at all. That was the first house they bought and they loved it and they've stayed in it. So it's a different sort of experience that I get to take people on. And then if there's maybe... You know, a younger couple that's maybe selling their home for the first time, it's maybe people nearer my age, we have different sort of conversations, and they maybe, they love, they like social media as much as I do, and they, they really understand it, and we can kind of get a bit of a buzz around that, because we all really understand, you know, that aspect of the marketing, um, but all it all comes down, to be honest, on, on what we all value. You know, I value the service, the marketing, the people, the really the relationships and some people that's not what they value necessarily when selling their home, so somebody might just value, you know, the, the price aspect of things, you know, looking for the cheapest agent because they value the money side of things more than the service. So it's finding the people that value what you value.
0: Mm, that's a really beautiful In way, way to put it. On. Yeah, no, I understand. What, we, what you um, sort of inspired me there to think is that, you know, how do you deal when you're coming up against like a property investor whose goal is to try and get the property at the cheapest price and you want to do it right by the clients? Have you ever been in those sort of situations? What is it like? Can you get them bored? Can you get it in such a way where everybody's happy?
1: I come up against it a, a lot um, but at the end of the day I'm working completely in service of the client regardless of whether me and the investor know each other because I know investors just from being in the industry um, it doesn't matter it's, it's 100% down to the client and what they feel is right for their property so my job is, is the middleman um, the investor will give me an offer and I'll take it to the client and if they say no they say no you know there's no there's no wiggle room or no special treatment um, as such, which can be challenging.
0: Yeah, no special Absolutely. treatment. I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. I'm sure the clients would appreciate that. Um, how has creating property-specific content helped you as an estate agent?
1: It's good, it's a lot of learning for myself. You know, you, you think you know things, but until you start talking it and learning it and, you know, repeating it, you don't actually, it doesn't really sink in. So there's a lot of things that I talk about on my videos that. Yeah, I know, because I'm making a video about it. um, But it's not until you start talking about it, you you think of different things or you start putting it into practice a wee bit more. Um, So yeah, the videos are really good for me personally. And also when I'm out and about and people are asking for a bit of advice on this, that and the next, like what can I do to, you know, make my house more sellable for the market, but I don't have a big budget, I can refer them onto the videos um, and they can watch it as many times as they like. So it's a really useful tool.
0: Is, yeah, it's almost become a bit of a resource for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so so handy. You know, somebody will tell you something, that you can go in one ear and out the other. We're all we're all with that I'm like that as well. But if somebody sends me, you know, you've got a video, it's there. You can play it back a million times if you can stand the sound of my voice.
0: <laughs> I'm sure everybody can. I'm sure everybody can.
1: <laughs> I know, it's that thing you hate the sound of your own voice, don't you?
0: Sometimes it kind of makes your skin crawl a little bit. You're like, know, I don't believe I sound that annoying all the time. That's what happens when you do this and we have to go back and listen to it. You go, wow, my voice sounds so whiny. Why did no one tell me? And then they go, we've been telling you for ages.
1: I know. Or, dude, the thing that really gets me when I listen to my videos, it's the way I say property. You'll probably start listening to it now. I pronounce the T and it grinds my gears. At property. Proper- oh, I just hate the way I say property. Oh. But anyway. <laughs>
0: Well, it's nice to be a bit authentic. I'm sure everyone appreciates that. Um, So what I'm really curious about is that could you give us some top tips to get the best possible price when selling your property?
1: Yeah, so it sounds like it's going to be expensive. You know, it sounds like you're going to need, you know, big renovations. But the things that sell the house the best are actually the most cheapest and affordable things that you can do. And it's just wee tricks like... Changing the light bulbs, that's a really big one. Making sure your home is really well lit. Um, making sure your garden's tidy. Cutting the grass, making the carpet appeal a bit more presentable. Putting the bins away, tidying toys away. It's all the little things that depersonalise the house. That's another thing that I say is quite important. See if you, as lovely as they are, if you take down all your personal photos, you know, any certificates or, you know, things on the fridge that the kids are maybe drawn. It's lovely and it creates a really homey family feel, but it's it's your family, it's not somebody else's family home. Um, so just depersonalising it, giving the buyer as much opportunity to imagine themselves in the property. Um, again, if, if your house does require a wee bit of upgrading, say your kitchen could be doing with a bit of upgrading, um, there's ways, again, you can do it um, without spending an absolute fortune because sometimes putting a new kitchen in isn't going to be worth it in the end. You know, you're not going to make up that value at the final sales price. But, you know, there's weed, there's loads of things you can do these days that like you can get the kitchen wrapped, for example, rather than, you know, replacing the doors or changing the taps, changing the handles, putting like wee spotlights underneath your cupboard units. And it just gives it, it just completely transforms it. So there's loads of wee, wee nuggets that you can do without spending a fortune to sell your home.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that wrapping the kitchen because it's not necessarily something that people necessarily think of straight away. They always think we need a new kitchen. Um, But it's just something that would just freshen up. How, just for the back of that, how do we feel about like fashionable trends for properties? So for example, uh, what I've noticed is that since if you go to like bars and nightclubs and restaurants, you know, flowers are really prominent. Uh, And then what I've noticed is that when you go to, uh, you know, People's properties and see viewings. There's like neon lights and there's um, flowers. And things. do you think things like that help? The things that are kind of trendy.
1: I think it depends on the property. Property. Um, if you're going to, you know, if you've got a, a tenement, for example, a tenement style flat in the West End. That's quite a trendy area. Um, you know, the the buyers most likely maybe going to be younger. Um, and you know where they really appreciate those sort of things they'll like the neon lights and that'll really attract them to it um whereas if you're if it's got like a family home and it's probably going to be yeah a family home neon lights and things maybe isn't going to appeal to that market so it, it does depend but I think it can really really work if it's the right property but I think like plants and things always works here bit a greenery, greenery and neutral colors y- you cannot go wrong so no definitely I think Things like that can work, but just be careful with who your target market is and what trends you are using to, to stage to stage your home.
0: I suppose that like the million dollar question is, if you get a property that's maybe a bit tired or really needs modernisation, however the client believes that it's in tip top condition, great nick. How do you sort of manage those expectations?
1: I think the first question I always ask is, what do you what? what what do you want the outcome of this to be? Do you want this to sell for top dollar high, you know, top end of the market that we can get and get as much money for this as possible? Or do you just want it sold? You know, do you not mind maybe taking a wee bit of a hit and just selling it as is because it's just going to be too much effort to do anything to it? So really understanding where they're sitting with in terms of, you know, how much effort they want to put into getting onto the market. If they do want, you know, the, the higher end price but they don't want to do too much of it that's where you know the compar- the comparables when I do the valuation come into it and I can clearly show that your house will sell for x amount if it is in this condition and just just being really honest and transparent but having the facts and figures and photos and comparables to back up is is dead important So, what I'm really curious about is what is the best way
0: an investor can get a deal on a property for sale? Um, It seems like everyone's always looking for the best deal and the best possible price. I know you mentioned earlier on you always want to do right with the clients, but what sort of insights can you give us for that investors can get a really bit of a cheeky deal? Oh, it's
1: so difficult. I feel like when I a seller's bring their property to the market, they in this market especially, they're wanting top dollar for it, they're wanting as much as they can possibly get. Um whether, you know, what they're wanting is realistic or not is, you know, another thing, but they will be wanting as much as they can get for it and that is what I need to try and achieve for them. Um there does there is things I can say, you know, what the rental expectation in the area is, I can help them with comparables possibly. I can let them know exactly what the seller is expecting from the pop- property. But as far as it goes, there's not really much else you can say. It's completely dictated by the seller. I think off-market the now is probably the best place mm-hmm. for investors.
0: How does an estate agent actually value a property? Can you talk me through the process of just what you go through just to get that final valuation?
1: Yeah, so... If you book in for a home evaluation i'll come out to the property but beforehand i will look at comparables what's sold in the area within the past couple of years or especially the past year um see what condition it's in have a look at um, previous sale prices how long it takes for a property to sell um, and an estate agent's valuation is just a researched estimate on what we think the home report or the end sale point is going to be it's not the actual home report valuation, which the surveyor will come out and do it in the end, which is going to dictate where the price actually goes. But this, the estate agent is there to just give, you know, the research estimate and, and give a really educated guess as to what the final sales price is going to be and what we think that we can achieve for it. Um, so it is just facts and figures, what's sold, what hasn't sold, how long it's taken and kind of what condition it's in compared to compared to your home.
0: Excellent. Well, Emily, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to talk to us. I feel like we got real insight into the world of estate agency. Uh, What we're going to do now is we're going to move on to one of my favourite subjects, uh, our property pub quiz. Uh, Every time on this episode, every time I'm on the podcast, we do this pub quiz. Uh, We're not in a pub, but we've got the next best thing. So are you ready? What is your mastermind subject is there any sort of subjects that you're pretty good at anything that you have a little bit of weird knowledge about
1: oh i'm quite good with just general knowledge to be fair i don't think i have a a niche i like pigs i know that you might not even have a question about pigs but there you go like
0: percy pigs like percy pigs
1: i do like percy pigs but just the pig oh (laughs) okay
0: okay that was that was a a bit shocking I was not expecting that to be honest with you
1: we'll go with
0: real estate we'll go with real estate yeah yeah but uh, listen pigs if that's your thing man let's let's roll the dice I don't unfortunately yes you're right there's no pig questions but that might be a bit of a curveball maybe we might throw one in there to be honest with you brilliant well don't worry I'm going to help you out and we'll see how we'll get on with our property prop quiz so question number one the most expensive property in Scotland went on the market for how much? So, how much do you think the most expensive property in Scotland went the market? And I'll give you a, I'll give you a bit of a leeway in the closest to hundred thousand. Oh, okay.
1: In Scotland, I have seen some expensive properties, but. Do we know when it was on the market can I can I know
0: that uh, I think it was on like several years ago oh yeah uh, it might help you out there was a it was in Aberdeen and there was a connection to Princess Diana
1: oh gosh okay. I'm not sure if that
0: helps you out though to be fair <laughs> Do
1: you know what? I'll just go with I seen one the other day and it was the most expensive I've seen in a while so I'll go in nine million
0: you know what that that's that's pretty close. So, Ooh. this one was ten point five million. So, so close, really close. I know, I know. Uh, I, I, you've talked a little bit throughout the podcast about property prices and things going quite expensive or going well over the home report valuation. Um, what's your sort of perception of that? I know. Do you see that as just a good thing? Do you see how the knock-on effects to the, the the rest of the market? Like, how, what's your sort of opinion on it?
1: I mean, it's good at the time, but there does come a point, you know, the thing that, the problem that's caused now is expectations, people's expectations of what the house is going to sell for is, is massive. And, you know, we're getting to a point where I am seeing a wee bit of a turn in the market. Things are still selling for great prices, but, you know, they're not selling just as quickly or they're not selling for that wee bit more than they maybe would have, say, six months ago. But if you're bringing your home to the market now and you maybe don't keep up and you know nobody really does to be honest property can be boring unless you're really into it but if you're not keeping up with like the way the market is you'll just assume that that's where we still are because it's not crashed you know so managing expectations is, is a massive thing and it's something I'm coming up against even now so yeah, it's a, it's a big thing, you just people are expecting their house to sell for massive amounts and when they're not, it, it's disappointing.
0: And I think it comes back to what we talked about earlier about managing those expectations. It can be quite challenging, um, especially because yeah. you want to, it might feel easy just to tell the, the client everything they want to know and, you know, say yes to everything. But sometimes you're being a bit better by saying that no once or twice.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the thing I put a real emphasis on, on my valuations. I'm not there to win the listing by giving the highest figure. Um, I'm there to just give a really accurate valuation and be really open and honest about where your house is sitting on the market. Um, and it's the marketing that can really sell it, which is what um, I really love and something that is a big thing in my business, um, property marketing. Um, but yeah, you just need to be really open and honest and and somebody just needs to trust you. So it's all down it to
0: trust. And what does, what does I suppose, trust mean for you? Because um, I suppose the reputation of estate agents kind of puts in the same camp as like car salesman, double glazing salesman. So what does trust mean for you?
1: Yeah. So for my business, having a client that trusts that I am going to work as hard as I can to get them the best price possible, and that is going to be their decision maker to sign up with me, that's the biggest thing. And somebody that gives me that leeway to just do what I feel is right, obviously consulting them along the way, but, you know, having real faith in what I do um, in order to achieve them the best price. Um, and they'll do that through, you know, I'll need to to prove my trust to them, trust is earned. Um, so hopefully by the time they sign up, they, they do do that. But I know that as the agents get a bad rep, a really bad rep. Um, so it's just trying to, trying to change the stigma and I'm not there to rip anybody off. I'm working, you know, if you do well, I do well. Um, so it's working alongside somebody that is the, the most important thing for me and having somebody that wants to work alongside me as well and doesn't doubt what I do. Mm-hmm.
0: Excellent. Question number two. How many properties were listed on Rightmove in 2021? And I will give you a tolerance of the nearest to the nearest 10,000.
1: Right, okay. Oh, my gosh. I don't think it's going to be as much as... I would maybe think it was. Well, In to, 2021.
0: Give, to give you a bit of a clue, so it's under a million. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's under a million listings. So how many? So just there?
1: right, move like across the whole of the UK, not just Scotland. Yeah,
0: across the UK. Oh, gosh,
1: right. Okay. It's not more than a million. Seven hundred and fifty thousand.
0: You know what, once again, super, super close. So the specific answer, 692,000. So, you know, you're kind of in the sort of ballpark there. Um, You kind of mentioned earlier on about like, oh, estate agents, we all kind of do very similar things. We all put it on Zoopla, we all put it on Rightmove. Um, I suppose from an estate agent's perspective, how do you guys use Rightmove and what could buyers be doing to use Rightmove more effectively? Do you have any tips or any advice?
1: Yeah, right, move for buyers can be really, really useful if you use it properly. You know, they've got all the alerts that you can set up. So you go in and you set up all your, you know, your price ranges, your locations and how much further out you would consider looking. Um, The property, the condition of the property as well, you can set that up. And as soon as a property comes on the market, it'll send you a wee email or or an alert. That's probably the biggest thing you can do for Rightmove, um, to make sure you get in there as quickly as you can and make sure you can get a view into the property, which can be a struggle for some people. Yeah, Rightmove is just the biggest place that everybody goes. If you're looking for a property, it's going to be on Rightmove. Um, If you're selling a property, it's going to be on Rightmove. It's what you do after that that makes makes the difference. But in terms of buyers, set up your alerts. That's the the best bit of advice I could give you.
0: Yeah, I think we, like we talked about a little bit earlier was that some people come to you and say, okay, oh, keep me on your list or can, you, can I register with you? Ultimately, the first thing you're gonna be doing is going on right move and putting that property to market. So for anyone out there who's feeling frustrated or um, feels like they're kept in a loop, you know having an estate agent in the back pocket whilst it's beneficial and you'll have a relationship there, I don't think it gives you any you know uh, gives you any like leg up on anyone else really
1: yeah i mean you can sign up to a state agent list and you will get sent the property out separately if it hits your criteria that you've given them um but you'll still need to phone them up and arrange viewing, and you know the email might not get sent out necessarily as soon as it goes up on Rightmove. um so yeah you just need to be really on the ball that's that's the thing and just have faith that it will happen because it's so deflating i've seen it so many times and people come into view and their offers are getting knocked back you know the putting maybe 15, 20 offers on different houses that they've fallen in love with every single time. And it's so deflating. Um So yeah, just keep going. It, it will happen.
0: It's interesting that you said like people fall in love because one of the common themes kind of throughout these podcasts people talk about is like emotions, keeping emotions yeah. under control. Um Do you think those people might have better success if they were a bit more um, analytical with their property and a bit more... Um, logical as opposed to being falling in love with the property.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's easier said than done. You know, if you're getting not back, not back, you go into a house, the next house and you think, this is it, I really love it. And you, you start getting a wee bit desperate because it's just not happening. But it's just not happening as quickly as you would like it to happen. But take a step back. Is that a bit of advice? You know, just take a step back and really look at the numbers and understand if it's actually going to work practically, yeah, the house might look lovely, but there's loads of lovely looking houses out there. And try not to get too caught up um, on the bidding wars, because you you will regret it if you, you offer something really silly that you, that you didn't actually want to do, um, which I've seen happen before. You know, I've had people put in really amazing offers and it gets accepted because it's so amazing. But once it's accepted, they kind of have that reality check of oh my gosh, I've just offered so put so much money into this, I'm going to need to then go find the money over the deposits and it all gets too much and they end up pulling out. So, yeah, just, if you can, try and be a wee bit more logical about it. <laughs> so question number
0: three. What was the name of the Netflix show about about selling real estate in Los Angeles?
1: Oh, I think I know. Is it Selling Sunset?
0: Yes, it is selling sunset. That's
1: embarrassing if I never got that
0: one. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's so interesting because I think some people look at selling sunset and see the glamour and the glitz and the excitement and the, maybe the drama as well. Now we all know in property there's definitely elements of drama, but I suppose do you think there's any any kind of crossovers with like what actually happens in in life as a real estate and like the reality shows
1: yeah i mean it depends on the type of property that you're selling if you have a really high-end property it can be quite glamorous um but in the background it's not very glamorous it's only when you're turning up to the view and you maybe got a nice outfit on and you need to be really presentable and you know you're talking to the clients and it's all lovely but you know 90 percent of the time it's not like that you're On the phone, you're doing emails, you're, you know, time management, managing your diary. You know, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that is just not glamorous at all. And especially in the Glasgow market that, you know, I work, you know, the Scottish market where we don't get, you know, that type of property. I'm in houses um, and I'm sitting on toilets just to get a seat, you know, and (laughs) it's freezing. You know, it's maybe a property that needs a bit of work done to it and it's not, it's really, really not glamorous sometimes so yeah the, the programme I get it a lot you know is it, is it not dead glamorous being a state agent and it absolutely isn't absolutely isn't so if you're thinking of getting into a state agency to be on and Sunset I would think again
0: you know what I'm almost a little bit embarrassed myself because some of my friends when I describe them what I do for a living I think they just think I look at mould all day. I think they just think I look at boilers and mould all day. And so I think when you know it sounds exciting in this. And you know what, there's definitely moments where there can be excitement. I would say you need to get your satisfaction in other elements to it. Like, you've talked a little bit about people. You know, you've got to enjoy working with people because there's going to be lots of, like, trials and tribulations. So if you enjoy people and the service and delivering good service, that's going to carry you through more so than just being really fascinated and passionate about property.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. You can, anybody can go see a nice looking property, but even getting to that point, it's all about the people and you need to enjoy, you know, there's so many different aspects that you need to enjoy before you even get to the properties and um, the market side of things you need to enjoy that. It's like a chase all the time. You're chasing the properties um, in a way, so you need to enjoy that and you need to, it's, it's, a, cha- it's a mental, running a business is a mental challenge, but um, yeah, you need to just keep that in mind, that it's, before you even get to the glamorous properties, there's so many other hoops that you need to jump through.
0: Question number four, what is the name of the detailed report on the condition and value of a property?
1: Would that be the home report?
0: You're correct, it is the Home Report.
1: (laughs) Imagine on a stage and never got that one.
0: Well, you know what, there's a first time for everything, so I was definitely (laughs) going to try and help you out in that one. Um, I I suppose I've heard a few different things. I have heard the Home Report is gospel, and it's a great... um, sort of benchmark to see how good a condition a property is in and then I've also heard people say they're not worth the paper they're printed on and I've heard this like two sides. I suppose, from your perspective, where does it sort of fall for you? Is it a guide or is it something just to, is it gospel? Is it like what's the best way to utilise it?
1: I think they're brilliant, personally. They give, you know, it tells you the exact market value of the property so you know how much you know down south they don't have that so they're kind of going in blind bidding almost and they need to just guess what the value is whereas here you've got the home report you know exactly how much the market value of the property is how much of a mortgage you can get on it you know you know all your facts and figures before you even go and see it Um, and then the property condition side of things you know there's only so much the surveyor can look into things you know if there's damp it can be noted but they don't know exactly how much damp there's going to be until there's a damp specialist in but at least if it's noted you're going to know and you know the surveyor can do you know one two and three obviously on how bad they think it is but you know it gives you a good idea whereas if we didn't have that you you wouldn't know anything so you no, know, i think they're brilliant personally
0: yeah they can be a good resource and maybe if you're kind of a first-time buyer, they can be quite intimidating, maybe because they quite. They might seem quite technical. But eventually, once you start looking at them again and again, you kind of know the sections you want to be looking out for and the sections that are maybe more important to you and the ones that you might be able just to glaze over. Um... Yeah,
1: I mean... There is a lot of writing in it and I don't even I don't read the whole home report. So I know what bits to look at and you know, you look at how much it's been valued at, you look at the condition report, so the ones, twos and threes that you'll see on that page, and um, you maybe look at the energy efficiency rating, um, and everything else, unless there's, you know, if there's a three on the home report, then you'll maybe read more into that three. But otherwise, you know, the rest is just you can kind of skim past it.
0: Yeah, 100%. So it
1: is intimidating, but once you start looking into it and you get to know it, it's, it's, it's absolutely fine.
0: So, we are now at our last question. Do not worry, Emily. You're kind of almost through the woods just now. So, <laughs> our last question. What did 48% of prospective buyers say that this would not put them off buying a property? And I've got a mobile choice here for you. So, number A, a damaged roof. B, being next door to some bad neighbours. C, if the property was haunted. Or D, if the property was painted pink on the outside. So, out of those options, what did 48% of prospective buyers say it wouldn't put them off buying a property?
1: Oh. Oh gosh, I thought I knew the answer until you said pink. Hmm. I don't think it's going to be the roof one because that's that can cause a lot of issues. So I don't think it's going to be the roof one. I think it's either between and neighbors is such a common question I get asked. Every view and what are the neighbors like? What are the neighbors like? So I don't think it's that one. Well, it's either the haunted house or the pink outside.
0: Do you know what, I'll go with, I'll go with the haunted. You know what, I can't believe this, you're 100% right. And no when, Yeah, and when I read that, I was like, surely not. Because I maybe, I'm in the minority, where I'd be like, I would not want to live in a haunted house, so I wouldn't want to buy a, a haunted house. But what they was? your puppy looks. Yeah, yeah, totally. Maybe they, if it was like in good neck and use all the tips you, would, you advised, and like, okay, yes, there might be ghosts here. People would be like, yeah, you know what? It's still a nice... It's got a great decking, you know? It's got a great, you know, spot. It's <laughs> south-facing, it's south-facing. You know, I can see past it being haunted. Um, hopefully, you don't get many people asking you, is this property haunted? But what are sort of the turn-offs that you get as an estate agent? You've talked about some of the turn-ons. Is there anything in particular people do that kind of makes people a bit churn?
1: Um... The biggest turnoffs I get for people when they come to see properties is probably the dead obvious things. To be fair, parking is a really big one. Parking, the condition of the uh, this is one. See how other houses on the street look. It really influences the buyer's decision. If you know the neighbours have got an overgrown gra- overgrown garden or it's a wee bit of a mess, it really influences them. Um,
0: I think because. They might perceive that. So if you could say overgrown grass, there's a skip it, there's like a, a washing machine in the garden, there's a kind of just like a sofa in there as well. Um, that might give a person an idea of that, okay, this person, this owner might be challenging, trouble. It could be, it could lead to issues. It might affect, you know, selling my property down the line. That's the sort of things I think they might be thinking of.
1: 100% it gives them a bad first impression of the neighborhood of the, the neighbors even if they're the nicest people in the world mm-hmm. and they just so happen to have you know they're if they're, they've got an uplift coming and their stuff's you know in the front garden which I've had a few times it just it doesn't matter to some people you can tell them over and over and over again but as soon as they've seen it it just puts that we just sows that we see in their mind that it's not a good place to live Um, I've had it with sellers I've had to say to them you know maybe speak to your neighbours and let them know that you're selling if if, you know you're on speaking terms with them and ask them if it can be moved or ask them when it will be removed and we can arrange viewings around those times because it does it's crazy
0: Emily thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us uh, I think you passed that pub quiz with flying colors, uh, especially the haunted house one. I'm really surprised at that. I thought that was going to be a real curveball. Uh, maybe I uh, should have put a one in about a pig. Maybe there should have been some kind of property pig related uh, uh, quiz question, but uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and how can people get in touch with you if they're looking at selling their property or want to get more information? What is the best methods to reach out to you?
1: Yeah, so if you want to find out more or if you want to get some tips and tricks on selling, you can find me on Facebook, um, Instagram, TikTok and LinkedIn as well. So I'm at Emily Hennigan Real Estate or you can drop me an email or give me a call. All my contact details are on the social media channels as well.
0: Brilliant. Thank you so much, Emily.
1: Thank you so much. Bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Property Punks podcast. If you want to get more of your rocking fix, then you can follow us on Instagram at Property Punks or you can join our online Facebook community page at Property Punks. We hope you enjoyed this episode, so please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. Until the next episode, we'll talk to you then.